Welcome back to the Desert Springs Church podcast. It exists to supplement the ministry and growth of our body here at Desert Springs Church. My name is Drew, and I'm joined today with Chase and Scott. Scott, thanks for uh, joining us again. Scott, uh, again, is our minister of counseling and community groups, and for just a bit longer, right, yeah, Scott? Are... Just for a couple weeks, yeah? Yeah. So, actually, uh, this is really my last week. I'm taking a couple of weeks vacation between now and the end of the month, and then the end of the month is end the, the month. official end. So and you're gone. We'll keep writing community group discussion guides through the end of the month, but as of July, we're we're on we're our done. own. Yeah. After yeah. that, yeah. Wow. I think you'll you'll be okay. <laughs> we'll miss you. <laughs> yes. Thank yes. you. Um, so we wanted to have you on uh, at least one more time before you head out of town, and we thought, uh, what better topic to talk about than counseling? and specifically biblical counseling and what that ministry looks like at Desert Springs Church. So maybe you can get us started, Scott, with just telling us a little bit about DSC's counseling ministry, the particulars of what we do here in counseling. Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. So our counseling ministry, as you know, has our church has had a, a, a long history of, uh, of counseling at some level. And so when we, when we arrived here, Three and a half years ago, there was a counseling DNA. Pastor Tim had done a lot of good work with regards to um, introducing people to biblical counseling and, and a lot of the concepts. And so, you know, the Lord is, has, has blessed us over the last three and a half years. Fast forward to today, we have uh, 11 certified ACBC certified biblical counselors on any given week or on every, just about every week. Uh, we have those 11 people doing about collectively 40 hours of of counseling, both to folks in our church and um, more so with people outside of Desert Springs. So some would say it's kind of the best kept secret at Desert Springs because you never hear us talking about biblical counseling and and so forth. But yet, you know, we've had a waiting list from from day one and there continues to be. And we're also training more counselors, right? We are. Yeah, we have a a uh, cohort, our third cohort. So we've had, we take groups through in cohorts. We're on our third cohort. And uh, next week we're entering the, um, the the third phase of their training. And you said ACBC. Could you tell our listeners uh, what that stands for and our partnership with them, yeah. what that looks like? Yeah, ACBC stands for the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. It's kind of a mouthful. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're, a, um, they're really a, a training and certifying organization. So it, uh, it gives both our counselors and our counseling center, our training center, um, credibility. And I love that vision of counseling as being really an outreach, you know, as an opportunity to not just bless the members of our own church community, but but that outward focus that it, it's had. Uh, I, I think it's just a wonderful way to to bless our neighbors, to love our neighbors. And, and so maybe to understand that, it would help to just back up and what is biblical counseling? What are we doing when we're saying we are doing biblical counseling? Emphasis on the biblical, right? Because sure. people understand counseling or professional counselors or even psychiatrists and all that, but what, yeah, what are the particulars of biblical counseling? Yeah, maybe a good way to talk about that is to ask the question, have you ever had someone that you know who's come to you with questions, problems, or troubles seeking assistance because they believe you might have some answers or solutions or help? And, and 
Um, so when we talk about biblical counseling, we're, we're really talking about a conversation between um, two people where one party with questions or problems or trouble comes uh, to someone they believe has answers and solutions and help. Um, you know, it's, it's really about lovingly, patiently coming alongside someone and using, and here's the key and why we call it biblical counseling, using God's Word to help that person interpret their circumstances, their situation, their relationships, and then uh, their suffering and uh, perhaps their sin, and then how to best respond to that situation. So one, using Scripture to interpret their situation, mm. their circumstances, their relationships, and then two, using Scriptures to best understand how to respond in, in, in Christ's likeness. So we would always say the goal of biblical counseling, you know, if we fast forward, is Christ-likeness. Mm. That's good. And I think the heart of biblical counseling would be that the scriptures really are sufficient for every area of life, for everything that we need for life and godliness, that we don't have to look outside of what God has revealed to us, but that we can look to God's Word and we can know that God's Word does tell us everything we need to know about ourselves and about our own hearts, and even to an extent about our bodies. Uh, and, and God's Word also tells us how to respond and how to live well in this world. And that doesn't mean that there's not helpful things outside of God's Word that we can bring to bear on that, but but that we really do believe that the Scriptures are our sufficient source for everything that we need to know. That's really the cornerstone of biblical counseling, and the differentiator is the sufficiency and authority of Scripture. Yeah, it's a great reminder. Yeah. So you just quoted from, uh, was that First Peter? That we have everything we need for life and godliness. Uh, maybe give us some other biblical foundations for biblical counseling. Where do we see in the Bible this model of biblical counseling? Yeah, I think there's, you know, from a a foundational standpoint, a biblical foundation for, for counseling. I think it starts, I, I, I'd, I'd create a framework this way with passages. Genesis 1, 1. Always um, a good in, place to start. In the beginning, yes. right? Um, God created the heavens and the earth. So we, you know, we think of this in terms of we have to start there because it, it establishes a high view and right view of God and more specifically, him as creator. And so because he's the creator, we like to use the term chief engineer. Um, he, Because he's designed us, he knows more about how we should think and emote and behave and respond than we do. So it sets him up and, and his word. So we start, we would start there. Um, Chase quoted 2 Peter 1.3, and the idea that his divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life. And when we think about just that word life, you know, words like sin and suffering and thinking and heart and mind and relationships and circumstances, those are all things that fit into life. And so he's given us in his word uh, and with the gift of his spirit everything that we need um, to deal with to deal with life. And mm. so, um, and then 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 would be another cornerstone, right? Mm. That um, all scripture is inspired of God. It's it's literally breathed of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, training, and righteousness. And then that 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 
that last part that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped. And so um, those would be some passages. I think Hebrews 4.12 might be um, kind of the fourth corner of, of, of that, and that is that the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing mm. um, to the joints and marrow. And, and here's, I wish we had more time, but it says, and it ends with um, d- discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart. And uh, that's really where, when we talk about biblical counseling, is we're less concerned about behavior. Behavior is important. God commands behavior, certainly. But behavior, the scriptures talk a lot about behavior, but it's it relates it. The metaphor would be fruit, fruit on fruit on a tree, and so Mm -hmm. the the there's something that drives the fruit. So we don't get all worked up about behavior. What we're really after is try to understand what is driving that behavior, the root, not the fruit. We focus on the root, not the fruit. So um, that biblical foundation for for counseling is those – we could bring – introduce a lot more passages, but those are four that I think give us a framework for for biblical counseling. That's a great start. Scott, you're talking about that biblical foundation, bringing God's Word to bear on all of these situations in life. We're calling that counseling, but I, I, I feel like sometimes that can confuse people and and give them the impression that there are only certain kinds of people who are able to do counseling. So whose job is it to do biblical counseling? Yeah, I think a... Uh, it's probably never good to answer a question with a question, but mm. I'll, I'll I'll do it anyway. And that is, you know, whose job is it to do discipleship? Mm. Because and and I think that's maybe how we start thinking about that. Because counseling is really, in many ways, intensive discipleship. Uh, we like to relate it to we call it a discipleship river. So imagine a, you know, when you go up to Taos and you jump into the Rio Grande, the currents up there are a lot stronger. And oftentimes, uh, you can get stuck in these little things called eddies. And for those of us that are novice um, rafters, we don't know how we got stuck, and sometimes it's kind of hard to get unstuck. And and when you think of just the this thing called progressive sanctification, it's like a dis- we, we call it the discipleship river. And so we're doing life, um, and once in a while we get stuck. Things happen, circumstances, relationships, and we're not sure how we got in, and we're not quite sure how we got out. And that so that becomes kind of intensive discipleship. So now going back to the question, um, when we talk about whose job is it, you know, whose job is it to to do discipleship. Um, and in Matthew 28, our Lord commanded us to make disciples. So I'd argue that, you know, it's all of our responsibilities to do um, to do counseling. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 talks about the work of the ministry, building up one another in Christ that we might become mature in Christ. So that's part of, you know, one anothering. Um, Romans in Romans 15, Paul says in verse 14 that he says, I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and here it is, able to instruct one another. So certainly Paul assumed in that that this one anothering was going on. And so um, 
every Christian is a is a counselor. Um, they may not want the work, they may uh, they may not be very good at it, <laughs> but every Christian is a counselor. That's because every Christian has conversations with people who are in trouble, who need help, and who need to understand, you know, God's word and how it instructs and informs their situation. Hmm. Yeah, that's really good. I would equate it to the the idea that every Christian is a singer. Once you become a Christian, you become a singer, and so we all sing. We sing together, and, and singing even is has a discipleship, has a one-another aspect to it. Uh, but we all have varying degrees of skill and comfort and strength when it comes to singing. Um, so, so as individuals, you're talking about we all. When you're saying all, you mean every believer, every uh, brother and sister in Christ is called to do the work of the ministry, is called to do this level of discipleship. It isn't just for professional ministers or vocational ministers, um, and it isn't just for ACBC certified biblical counselors, right? Um, it's for all of us. Yeah. To use your river metaphor and kind of thinking about that dynamic between what someone that's, that's a trained counselor versus this call that we all have to be counseling each other. Maybe somebody's, yeah, I've never been rafting, so this could totally not work, but maybe somebody's stuck really bad and there's like a, a trained river guide that that they're the one that you want to call to help in a really, really sticky situation. And you're glad that you have somebody that's got a lot of experience, a lot of practice, a lot of training. Um, but but otherwise, you know, there's there's some things that just somebody else in the raft can help you out with. There's mm-hmm. there's other people. And so we're glad that we have certain people, just like I'm glad that I'm not leading worship and Drew is because Drew's much better at it than I am, but I still sing. You know, we're glad mm-hmm. that we have these counselors even in our own church to help with really sticky situations, but that doesn't mean that the rest of us are not involved in this process of speaking the right. truths of God's Word, applying the truths of God's Word to situations in life. Sure, because every one of us knows someone with a troubled marriage or kids who are you know struggling with disobedience or of someone maybe that has recently experienced a, a tragic loss or a dear friend who is just living in, especially with you know with what we're going through right now, just fear and, mm. and anxiety. But so often we don't know what to say when we're faced with the struggles of people that we love so much. Yeah, I think to encourage our listeners right now that think, man, I, I, I don't know if I can handle these situations. I don't know if I can handle God's Word well enough. Just think back in your life, and anytime you have brought God's Word to bear on a situation with another brother or sister in Christ, or even within your family, within your marriage, or with with your kids, you have biblically counseled someone. Mm-hmm. You have you have been a biblical counselor. Anytime you've used God's Word to uh, to guide somebody, God's truth or God's wisdom, and applied it to a situation, a conflict, a struggle, you've been a biblical counselor. But like you said, it doesn't always look beautiful. It doesn't always look like a like a, a structured session um, of of weekly meetings. Or it can be just in those moments, in those living out life together and uh, the one another's uh, together. Um, that's biblical counseling. And what a great encouragement and reminder. If we needed more encouragement to be in God's Word, to know yeah. God's Word, because mm-hmm. it's not just for us. We need to be familiar with God's Word so that we can help and counsel other people from yeah. it. Yeah, so if you're feeling inadequate, then that's probably the Spirit moving you to uh, to His Word and to get in it deeper and to be able to, to handle it better. Yeah. The battle, you know, the battle for the Christian life 
um, the battle for discipleship uh, is is really a battle for the mind. And so when we talk about um, counseling, as, you, as both of you are commenting, really that's what we're doing. We're bringing God's Word to bear on life. And life comes at us in two buckets. It's not complicated. It's very simple. Life comes at us in relationships, and life comes at us in circumstances. And all we're doing is bringing God's Word to bear on how do I think about this situation that I find myself in? How would Christ respond? And then I need to calibrate my thinking, my emotions, my behavior to God's Word. I need to calibrate my thinking, my emotions, my behavior to Christ. That There's so much the Scriptures have to say about the mind of Christ and renewing of the mind. The battle's for the mind. The battle isn't for the behavior. The battle isn't for, even for my emotions, although they're very important, the battle is for the mind. Yeah. I mean, think about just all the passages that deal with mind. Romans 12, 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. mind. Not emotions, not behavior, renewing of the mind. Um, Philippians 4, 8, and Paul brings that climax of, you know, not worrying and not being anxious, um, whatsoever things, and then he says in verse 8, whatsoever things are just and true and pure and lovely, and here it is, think on these things. Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. So um, that's really the fight. The fight is to calibrate ourselves to to God's word. Right belief leads to right behavior. So we we need to keep the, the horse and the cart in the right in yeah. the right order. Yeah. Uh, that's really good, Scott. Uh, one thing I'm thinking of, and we didn't plan to talk about this, but is who needs biblical counseling? When should someone seek out biblical counseling? I think because often we think of, well, my marriage isn't terrible, or my kids aren't terrible, uh, so I'll just – we use it as a last resort, right? Biblical counseling, this idea of seeking out uh, professional counseling help. Um, but as we've discussed, this idea of biblical counseling is our, our everyday lives as we engage with God's Word and with one another as, as brothers and sisters in Christ. But what would, our, what would your encouragement be to, to someone who, who is struggling and maybe is stuck in one of those eddies in the discipleship river? Um, when do we call the pro, uh, when do we call the more experienced uh, rivermen? To help us navigate yeah. those waters, I'm going to answer. I'm going to answer your question on two levels. First level is I think we all need we all need counseling. We all need God. You know, we were created for relationships. Uh, if you look at, I mean, the entirety of the Old Testament law um, was either all about it was all relational, right? Vertical first, and then mm-hmm. everything else was horizontal. We were created for relationships, and even within the church and this. New Covenant people of God, oftentimes scriptures use the metaphor of the body, and we need one another. We're, God did not design us to do life alone. And so um, troubles happen and suffering happens. And so I need to be able to go to other brothers in the church and get help because I struggle from time to time. And so for, at, at, at one level, we all need one another, and we all need to be doing biblical counseling. More directed now, the second part, I think what you were more, what you were asking is when we're stuck, you know, when 
maybe in my marriage, um, we're just, we're stuck and we're really struggling to make headway. And we just, we need help. We need answers. Um, that might be a good time. Uh, if I'm stuck, if I'm just, I can't get over this particular worry um, or fear or anxiety. And, and it's just, it's impacting, um, it's impacting my life at some level. I need help. Um, that's what the body of Christ is for. And mm-hmm. so um, we, we, I think that oftentimes Christians, and maybe social media has a lot to do with promoting this, but I think sometimes we need to be a lot more transparent with one another and, and our struggles and our suffering and give each other that grace, that room to be able to do that because every one of us is struggling to trust God at some level. I mean, if we if we... Ask the question on Sunday morning. Chase gets up to preach Sunday morning. He says, how many of you trust God? Every one of us online, every one of us who's sitting there would raise our hand, truly, because we trust God on some level. But we're also all struggling somewhere to trust God. And so um, when I'm struggling to trust God, I need to get help. I need help from other brothers and sisters in the church. Maybe as a way of giving us a, a, a vision of what that might look like if someone in our church says, I'm... I'm stuck. I'm having trouble here. I'm going to reach out to this ministry that we have available. I'm going to schedule a meeting with one of these counselors. What might that time with that counselor look like? And then more broadly, as we're all trying to do this counseling, mm. what does it look like? How Give us some practical steps. How do we counsel somebody else? Yeah, so the first thing you know to do is, is a good thing is just to reach out and ask for help. So you, um, just calling the church would be a good first step. If you're more comfortable online, you can go online, go into the counseling ministry, and um, f- we have um, an intake form that asks a lot of questions, and it may seem to be a little bit um, extensive, but it's really intended to help the person who's getting ready to help you at least understand some basic um, information about you. But once you fill that out, um, you'll be contacted you know, within a few days, and then um, members, regular attenders of Desert Springs get priority, um, and they get moved to the front of the line. And then really a counselor is going to sit down with you, um, is going to do a whole lot more listening than talking. Proverbs 18 talks about that he who answers the matter before he hears it, it's folly and shame to him. So we're not going to pretend to know all the answers. We, we, we're we going to ask a lot of questions and get to know you. Um, and then at some point, we're going to open up God's Word and look at how God's Word instructs and informs your situation. Um, there'll be there'll be homework every week. And you say, homework? Like, why, why, mm-hmm. why homework? And um, this is so much more than just talking. You know, James talks about not just being hearers of the word, but being doers. And and that's usually what happens. You know, there's a, in, in all of our lives, there's a gap between theologically what we know to be true and yet what we practice and what we do. And so what we want to do is in the homework is to begin to, we want to, um, use God's Word to inform and instruct, but we also want to use homework to begin to put into practice. And what happens is, and I think this is why James says this, is because when we begin to practice God's Word and and apply it to our situation, we go, oh, my way really wasn't very good. My way really kind of stinks. God's way is so much better. Mm. Oh, and we begin to, in a way, taste and see that God is good. That's good. It's You mentioned Matthew 28. 
it's part of making disciples is to mm. teach them to obey, obey all all that Christ has commanded us. It's working out our salvation. So yeah, when you think of homework, I do fear and tremble a little bit, but that's part of it. Yeah. We work we work it out as God works in us. And 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 what we're trying to do is is again we we often say that that hour. A week of counseling isn't magic hour. That's not when change happens. But with the homework, what we're we're looking to do is to help promote change the rest of the week. And then the counseling hour together just becomes a we, we begin to check up and then we begin to deal with different issues that, that that come up. But the real work is through the week. Yeah, I that was exactly my experience uh a few years ago. I uh, visited a, a biblical counselor for the first time, and and I was kind of stuck, like you said, I was just just stuck in in some ways, and and so went to this guy, and I did kind of have this expectation that this was going to be some like super spiritual, special, magic moment, <laughs> special sauce. It, it was yeah, there's going to be something to it, some mojo, and I sat down with a, a guy that was a really faithful brother, and he asked a bunch of questions, and then just gave me some books about the gospel. And said, mm-hmm. "Go read these, and when you're done, come back." And that, and I was like, "That's all you got for me, man? You know, you're not gonna." <laughs> I didn't even lay on a couch or anything. There was nothing. Uh, but, but he knew, um, just like you're saying, that that's really all we need is we just need some guided help coming back to God's word in a fresh way, and then reapplying it. And he did give me some some practical steps and some things to do. Asked me to journal out some things, but it wasn't anything spectacular. But it was helpful. It mm. was it was so helpful. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's both it's both more ordinary than we expect, but but also uh, so necessary sometimes. When we talk about what the counseling looks like, um, we, we th- there's some key elements um, to counseling conversations. So I'm guessing even with the individual you spoke with, and you know with the folks that we we speak with here. Um, every counseling conversation has these six key elements embedded in and woven throughout. Um, you know, one of those key elements is just building loving involvement. We want to get to know that person. We want to understand them at the level of their of their suffering, and and so again, there's a relationship there that that's being built. Um, we talked about asking questions. We have to ask questions, and we talk about just gathering relevant data. And so we want to gather that data, and then, and then we want to look at the problems, the suffering, biblically. We want to mm-hmm. evaluate um, that person's situation biblically. In other words, not necessarily how the world thinks about mm-hmm. it um, or how psychiatry might think about it, but how does the one who created us think about it? How does he evaluate the problem? And then we're going to provide some biblical instruction. We're going to bring God's word to bear on the situation, on the relationships. We're going to, we want to share hope. We're going to, you know, I mean, oftentimes when we're stuck, we're looking for hope. Is there hope? I mean, tell me, I'm not going to be experiencing what I'm experiencing for the rest of my for the rest of my life, is there can is there hope? And so we want to, you know, share hope. And then I mentioned the homework, but those are all some key elements that get kind of woven in through every counseling conversation. And Scott, if we were going to recommend some resources, uh, both in the area of counseling and and maybe just as we're trying to yeah. counsel in our own lives, what would you where would you point somebody? Where are some good books or some? Yeah, there's um, there's a lot of good books. So 
if someone is interested in learning more just about biblical counseling, there's two or three that I would say are the, besides the scriptures. Um, one is A Theology of Biblical Counseling, uh, written, was published, I think, probably four or five years ago, but um, Heath Lambert, um, excellent book, easy read, you know, written at a, a level that I can understand, and, <laughs> and, uh, and it's good. Um, then there's Instrument in, a Redeemer, in the Redeemer's Hands, written by uh, Paul Tripp, Tim Lane. That's probably the um, probably the most popular book on on counseling. Very practical, very helpful, and very thorough. Very thorough. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I could rattle off a lot more, but those would be my two go tos. Um, and we, in fact, we use those in um, in our counseling training. Um, and so, um, I think those would be good if you're looking for, you know, like a a good book on. Understanding Forgiveness. There's a book called Unpacking Forgiveness by a guy named uh, Chris Bronze that's remarkable. Mm. So, And we're doing a podcast. ACBC has a lot of uh, podcasts and resources yeah, online, that's, yeah? You know what? That's a great yeah, that's a great reminder. ACBC, so bi- their website is biblicalcounseling.com. That would, that's a good resource. Um, an even better resource for just uh, a repository and just about anything you can imagine, is the Biblical Counseling Coalition. So similar to the Gospel Coalition, but different. Yeah. And um, you can go there and do a search on any topic you can imagine, and there will be helpful, there'll be podcasts, there'll be articles. It's just a good place to start. Yeah, Yeah, because I think that is, a lot of it is, when we are talking about counseling, we're talking about kind of specific issues, whether that's anxiety or uh, problems in your marriage or parenting or things like that. So you're really trying to find a good book. So it's good to have a trusted place to go to find their resources. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're looking for, excuse the term, one throat to choke, go to the Biblical Counseling Coalition website. It's biblicalcounselingcoalition.org, and uh, that's going to probably be the single best resource. CCEF, the Christian Counseling Education Foundation, ccef.org. Again, a lot of good information there, a lot of books um, that they have available as well. Awesome. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, Scott, we're, uh, you can just look around to so many areas of our ministry and see your fingerprints all over it and the way that God has used you to bless our church and build up our church even in a relatively short amount of time. It's really remarkable. So I know we are all grateful yeah. For you, and for your family, and uh, and we trust that God has great things in store for you. So we pray for you. But thank you, brother, for yeah. everything and all your hard work in our yeah, church. Amen. Yeah, you're welcome, and thank you. God has been so gracious and kind to us, and we've enjoyed our time here, the staff, uh, especially the people, and uh, you'll be greatly missed as well. Yeah, thanks, God. Well, that's all the time that we have today. You've been listening to the Desert Springs Church Podcast. If you'd like more information or updates about what we've got going on, you can go to our website, dscabq.com. You can also find out how to contact us or find out more about our counseling ministry through our website. Lord willing, we're going to have another episode for you next week. But until then, on behalf of Drew Hodge and Scott Minema, I'm Chase Jacobs. Let's keep spreading God's glory broader and deeper.